Um, for this year, we're focusing on the call uh, of mission uh, to um, in the era of discipleship. We've been looking at until the whole world knows. This is our theme of, of uh, global outreach. And we're, we're focusing, as the year goes on, on this area of mission. And this is the third component of discipleship, that in Mark chapter 1, verse 17, Jesus said to his disciples, his first disciples, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And this, again, gives the three uh, components of discipleship. First, that it involves a personal choice, that God is calling us to follow him that it's not forced upon us, that it is something that we choose to do in obedience. The second area is transformation, that as we choose to obey him, that God uh, will, through his spirit, will continue to transform us and change us into the people that he wants us to be. And then the final component, which is the theme for this year from September to August, and that is the area of mission, that God is not changing us just to make us better people, or to make our lives happier or more comfortable, but rather God is transforming us because he is calling us to a mission, to really bring this living hope of Jesus, the gospel, to a world that really desperately needs him. And as we come to the conclusion of our Go Emphasis Month, I'm excited that we're actually gonna be launching a specific movement together as a church, and we're gonna be looking at that in a little bit later. So today we're gonna conclude our series in 1 Thessalonians, and we're gonna be looking at this idea, again, of a Jesus community. What does that mean? Uh, what are we to be together? Now, Paul's writing to the first Thessalonians as he's writing to the Thessalonians because they are basically a newly formed community in Jesus Christ. They've heard the gospel. They've accepted Jesus as Savior. They're excited about Jesus. They started their church together, and then the Thessalonians kicked Paul out and threatened his life, and, and now the Thessalonians together are like, um, they're afraid. They are in a place where people are hostile towards them. Uh, Apparently also, people have suffered to the point of even losing loved ones for their faith. And remember, these are new Christians who have just learned about Jesus Christ. And Paul writes this letter to the Thessalonians, not just to say, hang in there, things are gonna be better. Rather, he says to them that uh, their courage to stand in the midst of persecution has been an example to believers everywhere, knowing that, that God is the true God, knowing that he is worthy of our faith and of our sacrifice, and that God can do miraculous things, that this young community of believers is really setting an example for all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. And in, in the GO conference the last week, um, we heard stories of really modern-day Thessalonians of Christians who all over the world are simply living their life, uh, living their faith in Jesus, living it out where they are. And, and we saw that some of them lived in places where there were terrorists, where their lives were threatened. And yet we saw how God was just doing amazing things around the world through, again, these modern-day Thessalonians. And we're going to conclude our series by looking at how God is calling us to be a model of faithfulness, that, that we're, uh, we're gonna do this together in prayer and in action together as living hope. That, 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 that last year we looked at the idea of transformation and I was really excited because last year we really did see uh, God transform people's lives. I can think about different people in my mind and saying they started at one point and God did some really wonderful things in their lives as we committed ourselves to transformation. And I'm excited because I believe that God in this year 
is going to empower us for mission. That at, by, by August, we're going to see that God is going to be doing a lot of wonderful things in Living Hope in regards to mission, in regards to reaching people for Jesus Christ. And so I'd like you to turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14. In a reverence for God's word, let's stand together. This is the word of the Lord from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And we urge you, brothers, to admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all, see that no one repays anyone for evil, evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. And now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he who calls you is faithful and he will surely do it. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. So the main idea of this passage is that God is calling us to be that Jesus community until the whole world knows. That this gospel, this call um, to mission is not just an individual task like I need to go out and share my faith, but it's something that we wanna do together as a community in Christ and that the Bible shows us there are specific things that God calls us to do for one another as well as in the community. So verse, the way this, this, this section or this, this passage is kind of broken up is in verse 14 through 15, there's kind of an inward look. There's a way in which the church itself, Paul's saying this is how you must live together as a church in order to be uh, missional. Then he looks at outward. This is how we are to live in the world around us. And then finally, he looks at upward. Uh, this is how we are to live in accordance with the Spirit. And so as we look at these things, uh, inward as a church, outward as the world, upward as the Spirit, this is, presents like a complete package for how we're going to reach our world for Jesus Christ. First thing we look at is inward as a community of faith. What needs to happen among us if we want to be faithful to fulfill the mission of the gospel together? And he says in verse 14 very clearly, admonish the idle and encourage the faint-hearted. And there's kind of two things here. The first thing is admonish the idle. Now, the word idle here is literally the word to be undisciplined, unready, to be careless or lazy. It's actually used in kind of a battle or a warfare context for a soldier who is not battle ready. So a person who's idle, he's not ready to fight. He's going to be a, a liability, not just in the fight, but to his, his, uh, his comrades around him if he's not ready. And so to admonish means to warn, to instruct, to, um, to get someone ready for the fight that's ahead of them. And this is what God is calling us to do together as we look at mission. As we look at together, we, we come to church to be encouraged and to be uplifted and to feel good, but at the same time also, we come to church to be admonished, 
to say that there are things that, that, that we're called not just to feel good about ourselves, we're called to a mission. And if we're not ready in that mission, then we have, uh, we give people, let's say, the opportunity to speak into our lives, to correct us. Now, again, I, this is kind of a very uncomfortable part of relationship. We're okay with encouraging one another, but admonishing one another, actually saying to people, like, here's something you need to do in your life, or here's a blind spot or something, that becomes a little uncomfortable. We feel like, oh, I don't know if that's my place. And I really believe that relationship defines how far we can admonish someone. For example, um, if it's a stranger, so if you're walking in a mall and you're a self-appointed fashion police, I don't know if they call that anymore, but back then we called it fashion police. So you'd walk by and somebody's dressed funny and you'd go, oh my gosh, how can you walk in public wearing those shoes? You know, or, oh, that doesn't match at all, what's wrong? You know, if you said that in public, if you just walked up to somebody, some stranger, and said that, obviously they would be really upset at you. Or if somebody said that to you, like you're just having lunch with your girlfriend or with your wife, or you're having lunch with your best friends, and some stranger walked up to you and said, oh, that shirt, that shirt is so 80s. It just, oh, you can't wear something like that burn it, you know? I mean, obviously, we'd be like, we'd like, who are you to correct me, to tell me what I'm doing or what, you know, what I should do or shouldn't do? Why? Because it's relationship. No relationship at all. So in a church of strangers where we don't know each other, then, of course, yeah, to admonish one another would be very hard, where we're saying, oh, who are you to tell me how I should act? Who are you to tell me how I should raise my kids? Who are you to tell me uh, that I'm not you know, doing the things that God wants me to do? That's if we're strangers. But see, the Bible doesn't say that the church is filled with strangers. The Bible says we're a family. Now, family's very different. Okay, well, I don't know. It depends on family. We were just talking about it in the class this morning with the young parents. You know, how do our families, how do we deal with anger? How do we confront each other? How do we talk to each other? And families, when you're in a family now, when there's love and there's relationship and there's something at stake in each other's lives, now you feel like, hey, if this is my brother or this is my sister and I can see them doing something or going in a direction that's going to be harmful to them, look, I'm their brother. I love them and I'm going to, it's my responsibility to share something, to say something to them, to say, this is not right, or the choice that you're making right now is not a good one, or the things that you're doing right now, I'm worried or concerned that it might lead to consequences or things like that. And we say that out of love. Why? Because of relationship, because we're a family together. That means as a church together, if we indeed we are going to, to do this mission, we must be a family. We must be able to have that relationship, at least some of us, among us, some people in this church, where we give people the permission to speak into our lives, like a brother or a sister who loves us very dearly and is concerned about our direction or about our choices. In Acts chapter 20, Paul says that, uh, remember that I did not cease to, uh, to admonish you day and night 
with tears, and he was speaking about the idea that false teaching had come into the church, and if, if I, as a, as a brother in Christ, allowed you to just follow this false teaching, then you know, I would be, it would be terrible if I just allowed you, these false teachers, to lead you in this direction, what kind of person would I be? And so he's saying, I, I, I admonish you, but not just like coming down on you, I admonish you with tears, that I'm weeping, that there's a humbleness, that there's a love, that directs this correction uh, to those whom he loves. In 1 Corinthians chapter four, uh, he says, um, I I, I don't say these words to uh, make you feel ashamed or to embarrass you, but rather to admonish you as my beloved children, as a father. What kind of parent would allow their children to, to, to run out in the street and endanger their lives and not correct them or would allow their children to make decisions and choices that would, would harm them uh, without uh, uh, correcting them and admonishing them. And this is what he's saying to, to the church that if there's someone in our midst, a uh, brother or sister in Christ who is not battle ready because we're all going out every day. We talked about this. We're all going out into the battle. When we step out the, step out the door every Sunday, we're going out into the battle. If we're not battle ready, if we're not alert, if we're overcome, if we see a brother who's overcome with worries about getting rich, or, or who's, over, who's consumed, a sister who's consumed about the things of this world, and we can see that, that it's affecting them, that they're making choices that we look at and say, That's, this is not right, and, and we must correct and confront them with tears. Now, again, this doesn't mean we just go and talk to everybody now. Yeah, Pastor Erickson said, I, I, I have a lot of things I want to say to each person here, and there's a lot of things I've always wanted. No, this is, this is a sense of, of finding people in our midst and allowing people in our midst who will be close enough to us, mentors, good brothers and sisters, and it only needs to be, you know, maybe just a few, but those individuals in this church who we will allow to speak into our lives, to, to, to correct us, to really rebuke us and say, you know, honestly, this is an area that's been concerning me for a while about your life. That if we care about our brothers and sisters that we will speak, that we will find someone who is willing to confront us in love and with tears. And in the same way that as we think about an individual that we don't just walk up to them and say, you know, I want to, but really be praying and saying, God, are you leading me as a brother in Christ, as a sister in Christ to, to be the one who, who brings this in a humble and, and compassionate way uh, to my brother or sister in Christ whom I love very, very dearly. And if God says, yeah, you're the one, then then you go and you do it. If God says, no, you're not the one, then you say, I'm just gonna keep praying till God brings that person to them. Uh, uh, we said last Sunday that the ministry of the gospel is a matter of life and death. 
It's a matter of, of the eternity in heaven or eternity in hell, and all of us need to be battle ready. All of us need to be willing to enter into this work of the gospel, and, and that if we see, and even if we see people who in our community, in our congregation, our brothers and sisters in Christ who are not engaged in the ministry of the gospel because of spiritual laziness or because of being encumbered by, by sin or the ways of this world, it is our responsibility to admonish them, to admonish one another in love, to say we take God's commands to this community, to, to, to living hope very seriously, that we're here to, to honor Jesus and do his will more than we are to, to, to be liked by everyone or, or, or to, to have just a, a loving community where we're all happy together and we don't step on each other's toes. No, we're here for a mission, the mission of the gospel. And the next 10 months from November to August, we're consecrating ourselves to this mission, all of us. And therefore, we, we must admonish the idol. This is the first thing, the inward. The second thing is to encourage the faint-hearted. This means literally those who are losing heart, who are, are running out of breath, who, who are of little faith. And what, what Paul is saying, what God is saying, that we are to encourage one another, meaning we're to come alongside, and it literally means it's like the comforter, like the Holy Spirit. We come alongside and literally share our strength with someone. And we've seen these type of things shown on TV where a runner falls and another runner comes up and lifts them up and carries, not just carries them, but, but shares their strength so that both of them can cross this finish line, and they're leaning, and they're saying, I have strength, you're tired, you, you're injured, but you lean on me, and we're both gonna get there together. He doesn't carry them on his back, they just said, hey, we're gonna get there together. And oftentimes that means sacrifice, that means the other runner is not gonna come in first, or he's gonna come in second, or maybe second to last, but for them, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is they are encouraging, they are sharing their strength with a brother or sister who is running the race with them, who has run out of breath, who is running out of strength and needs to lean on somebody else in order to cross the finish line. When it comes to sharing the gospel, I mean, this is um, perhaps the area where all of us are gonna feel um, that we're of little faith and feel like uh, we really need that encouragement that we need to say, hey, as one another, we're gonna share our strength. We're gonna be together in sharing the gospel. We're all afraid of sharing the gospel. We're all shy, or maybe some of us are, are more energetic, and we're saying, how come they can't do the, hey, we're gonna, if, if you're more energetic, you let people lean on your shoulder. I say, we're gonna do this together. Paul's command, come alongside each other, because this mission is so important that everyone has to cross the finish line. Everyone must be engaged in the things that God has called us to do. That's why we're here at Living Hope. And so we look at this again, inwardly, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted. Paul goes on to say in verse 15, he says, see to it that I always seek good to one another and to everyone. And so Paul's making this transition in verse 15 now to talk about, you know, what about everyone? What are we to do? And in verse, in the next verse, he says, verse 16, he says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 
And this is, this is how he's calling us to live in this world. And I remember when Russell spoke, he spoke on this, or he, he mentioned this verse. And this is actually really easy. This, this sermon is going to be like a sermon of lists. But basically, these lists, the three things, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. It's pretty straightforward what these things mean. But I want to focus on that last section there that says um, this, is, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, what that means is that this is a command, that, that, that rejoicing, praying, and giving thanks are not a matter of emotional response to favorable circumstances. He's not saying, well, if something good happens to you, just remember to thank God, or if everything is going well, make sure you rejoice in these things. No, he's saying, I'm commanding you every day this is God's will that you rejoice always, that you pray without ceasing, and that you give thanks in every circumstance. These are actions and decisions that we choose to do every single day. It's a part of our mission. The good and the bad, whether we feel energized, whether we feel tired, whether everything is going well or everything is going wrong, uh, God still commands us, rejoice, pray, and give thanks. And he says, when we do this, we do God's will. And conversely, conversely, and here's convicting, if we fail to do these things, we are not following God's will. That's tough. If I'm not rejoicing, if I'm not praying without ceasing, if I'm not giving thanks, I'm not doing God's will. I can be serving, we can be serving the, the Lord and doing all these things for people and giving up all this stuff, but in our hearts, if we're not rejoicing and not praying and not giving thanks, and we have a very, you know, a, a bitter attitude or a hurtful attitude or an ungrateful attitude, uh, and we're not praying, uh, then it doesn't matter what we're doing. It doesn't matter how we're serving the Lord. It doesn't matter what we're getting done. Uh, it says we're not doing God's will because these things are a part of God's will. Whatever we're doing, we should be rejoicing, praying, giving thanks in everything. Now, before we go to the final point, I want to pause here and talk a bit about the direction for living hope um, in this year. Now, our, our year goes from September to September. So we're talking about September 2019 to August of 2020. This is what we want to be focused on. This idea of mission, as we talk about mission as our theme for this year, uh, we're going to do it as a whole church effort together. And there's going to be some very specific things that we're calling all of us to do, measurable goals that we want everyone here, every person here to really aspire to. Uh, that if we're going to admonish the idol, then there are specific things we're going to admonish people to do. Uh, if we're going to encourage people and share our strength, there are certain things we're going to be doing together as a congregation. And so as we look forward to this mission, I want to present to you as a church, and again, this is, we'll be coming up, you'll be hearing this 
quite often this year, the four commitments, okay? This is not a, you know, a soul group from the 60s, which it sounds like when I look at this, oh, this sounds like a group from the 60s, like a, the commitments. But actually, there's a movie called The Commitments. But anyway, these four commitments, so if that helps you remember, the four commitments um, that we're going to make together, okay, all of us here, they're calling us to make together four commitments. First one is we're going to pray. But very specifically, we're going to commit to pray for those in our lives who do not know Jesus Christ as Savior. People that we believe that God may be calling us to move towards. This means that not just pray for everyone, not just pray for somebody, you know, in far, far away. I mean, we still pray for them, but we want I want also, we want everybody to pray for someone that you know personally, someone that you have contact with, someone that you can actively encourage to receive Jesus Christ as Savior, that we're really gonna put this on paper or however we're gonna do this and we're gonna put those lists out, whether it's one person, whether it's five people or whatever your capacity for sharing the gospel, we're gonna say, I'm gonna pray for these individuals that they will receive Jesus as Savior. And I'm gonna pray for them every week, every day, and just constantly be praying that this is the year that God's gonna lead them to Jesus Christ as Savior. It could be a parent, it could be your child, it could be your coworker, it could be someone that you've been praying for for a long time already, put them on the list and say, this is the year that not just I'm gonna be praying, but my brothers and sisters are gonna be praying with me for this as well. Uh, it may be, maybe you're here and saying, well, I don't have anybody in my life that, that I need to share the gospel with. And we need to be praying for somebody. Let's just say, I need to pray that God will bring somebody in my heart that I can be praying for to receive the gospel. If you pray, I believe God's gonna bring that person in your life, maybe even this week. Uh, but we need to have, we need to commit ourselves to say, we're gonna be praying, not just me individually praying, like you individually praying, but we're gonna be putting this on some type of, not so public list, but something where we're gonna be gathering together to pray together for these people, whether it's in small groups together, whether it's uh, gonna be on a message board or whatever it's gonna be, we're gonna be committed together as a church to be praying for all of these people that God has put us in contact with. I believe that in our relationships, God has put non-believers amongst us that he wants to save. And we are gonna be praying for it. We're gonna to commit to praying for it. That's the first one. The second one, second commitment, is to be trained in evangelism. As I mentioned earlier, before you find your personalized way of sharing the gospel, you must master a way of sharing the gospel. And that takes training, that takes practice. And so we're gonna have a life Bible class on sharing the gospel in the winter quarter starting in December, January, February, and I encourage everyone to come and basically giving opportunity to learn and practice a number of different ways of sharing the gospel. And through that, you can learn to say, what is my way of sharing the gospel? And it's not just you know, sitting down and, and listening to things, we'll be practicing, um, you know, doing uh, uh, just uh, practicing back and forth, sharing our testimony, or even using apps. How to use an app? You say, "Oh, I have an app to share the gospel." In fact, I looked on my I looked on my phone. Now that I have iPhone, I have more apps that I can uh, look at, and I'm like, "Oh, they have actually a lot of apps for sharing the gospel." 
Some of them are really cool too because they'll do it in Chinese and they'll do it in, in Farsi. And so it'll be in English and then you push a button and it'll, it'll say it in Farsi and it'll write it out in Farsi so you can talk to someone and show it to them and they will understand what you're sharing. I thought, oh, this is really cool um, because you can have it in your pocket all the time. I wish I had that when I was in China. Because when I was in China, I had to have Connie. I said, Connie, can you write everything out for me in Chinese so that I can share the gospel with people? But now, hey, it's on your phone. You just push a button and it's like there. It's actually written out and if you memorize it in English, then you can just show it to them and say it or you can just push a button and it'll actually say it for you. So if you're really shy, you just say, hey, you wanna look at an app? Just push a button and let them listen to the whole thing. And there you share the gospel. But th th there's so many different ways, so many different uh, methods of sharing the gospel. But we wanna make sure that everyone here, that if you have the opportunity, if somebody says to you, hey, why are you a Christian? That we're not gonna be fumbling our words and thinking, oh, what should I talk about? Well, let's see, so when I was born, you know, that you know exactly within one minute how you're gonna share with that person why I'm a Christian. Or if somebody says, hey, how do you become a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? We don't wanna say, oh, well, uh, if you go to church and talk to Pastor Harrison, he'll tell you, uh, you gotta do this and that. Uh, no, we wanna say, within just a few minutes, you can go through and just share the gospel with an individual and be able to, to, to do it confidently. And I think that's also the training is to be able to do it confidently so that it's something that's like second nature that you've been doing all the time and practicing all the time so that when somebody says something, you're not afraid, you're not scared, uh, you're still scared, but you can share. The words will come out of your mouth because you have been practicing it, you've been learning it, and, and, and the Spirit has those tools now to just let those words come out of your mouth so that you can say, I'm gonna make the best of every opportunity, I'm gonna be trained so that if God gives me an opportunity to share, I'm not gonna be unready, not battle ready to share that gospel. Okay, so that's the second thing. Third thing is invite. And this is uh, what we're gonna be doing this year, starting in November next month through August of 2020. We're designing, I'm gonna be designing the sermons so that we can, it'll be appropriate for inviting non-Christian friends to worship. So if you're ever wondering, oh, I don't know, Pastor Harrison, sometimes they say, Pastor Harrison, which, sir, which Sunday should I invite my friends? Is it gonna be okay to invite them this Sunday? What's the topic? I'm, this year, every single topic that's my step of faith. Every single topic is going to be appropriate for bringing friends, for bringing non-Christians to come in here. That doesn't mean that every message is a full-tilt gospel message, but it means that every topic and the approach to every topic should be relevant and reachable for visitors. So please be praying this year to say, if, this, if there was any year and any week for me to bring my non-Christian friend, invite them to church to hear about Jesus, this is the year. And say, be praying about how I can invite my friends to come to church. And also we're gonna be preparing cards, so you'll have these little cards and the sermon series will be on that card and so you can take the card and you can leave it on the coffee table, leave it next to the water cooler or you know at a restaurant, leave it there or you can hand it out, give it to a friend saying, hey, here's what we're talking about at church and on the front it'll give the sermon series, on the back it'll give some information about the church and later on uh, we'll be going into the neighborhood, we'll probably pick one or two days this year and go out into the neighborhood uh, nearby this area and pass out the cards, go door to door and maybe pass out the cards and let them know, hey, we're Living Hope here, here's a, a card and we invite you to come and things like that. So that's what's gonna be happening. That's a, the, the third thing is invite. And then um, 
The fourth thing is uh, walk. And so it's P-T-I-W, which I'm never good at acrostics. I can never make them figure out how they work. But anyways, don't, you don't need to remember it. We're going to be doing this. We're going to be sharing this with you quite often. Uh, walk means to just literally walk the talk. That means we want everyone to pray and believe that as we're praying, as we're being trained, we're not just going to invite people to come and hear the gospel, that God's going to give us opportunity to share the gospel really give us an opportunity to talk to someone. Now, this is not like a, oh, you know, I'm so scared because I have to share the gospel some to somebody this, this year and, 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 you know, I, I'm gonna just walk up to somebody and share the gospel. No, it, it's more about, hey, if I'm coming to the Lord and I'm praying and I'm being trained and I'm being ready for this task, that I believe that God's gonna give me an opportunity to share the gospel. He's not going to waste that commitment. He's not going to waste that training. He's not going to waste those prayers that as we're praying for these individuals that something's going to happen in their lives and they're going to say something and we're going to be like, oh my gosh, I can share the, I can talk about Jesus with them. They never asked this question before or we never talked about these things. And so this is a ambitious. We're going to really believe that every single person here um, is going to have the opportunity to share the gospel this year. So don't be pressured, don't be afraid. Sharing the gospel is God's timing. We don't wanna be sitting here in August saying, oh no, it's August, I haven't shared the gospel with anyone. I gotta go and just share with somebody. No, these are God matters. God's the one who opens the doors. If he doesn't open the door this year for you to share the gospel, that's fine. Don't feel bad, it's not a failure because, because it's God that, does the God, that, that opens those doors. We cannot force it. But think of this as a, a year that can be a breakthrough year for us. That if many, if all our years we've said, you know, I've never successfully invited a friend to church. We say, hey, this is the year where we believe that we're going to invite someone. And we're not saying just invite them like, hey, we'd love you to come. Okay, I've done it. We're saying a goal is we're going to actually have them come to the church. That's the goal is to actually successfully invite someone who actually comes to the church. So the goal is that by the end, by August, we'll have a hundred um, Visitor cards, I mean, that's measurable, right? I'll, I'll ask Olivia, the secretary, say, how many visitor cards do we have? Do we have 100 visitor cards? That means we invited 100 people to come to church. Now, again, it's not about numbers, but sometimes we have to push ourselves to say, it's not just, oh, would you like to come to church? Oh, no, okay, that's fine. You know, I've done my part. No, we wanna say, I'm really praying. I'm really praying that this year, God will bring at least one of my neighbors to come and sit in on a worship service and hear about Jesus. I'm really praying that that coworker or that, uh, that, that, that person at work, that, there, that there'll be one time where they'll be willing on a weekend to say, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll come by and, and, and see your church and they'll actually show up. Or, or that friend at school that, that you, you, you keep saying, hey, come, church is fun, and they, they never, never come, but this may be the year they say, hey, they're gonna come that I believe, I'm really praying, and people are praying with me that they're gonna come, that we're gonna see that this year. And so again, as we look at this, we're, we're looking at this idea, pray, train, invite, walk, share the gospel. We're setting these up as actual real goals. They're gonna be coming up month after month to remind ourselves that this is what 
we together are doing, what we're encouraging each other to do, and if we're weak and, and we're tired, that we're gonna say, you can lean on me and I'm gonna help you do it. I'm gonna be praying with you. I'm gonna be walking with you. And we're gonna be, uh, you know, if you have a coworker that's interested in these things, I'm gonna find somebody who's interested in that too so that we can both encourage them to come, you know, or, or, or you know, whatever. And so this is something that we want to just really continue to do. Now, as we keep these things in mind, I'll just let you know what's coming up. Next week, actually, I'm not gonna be here. I'm gonna be in Lansing, Michigan for some training. We'll have guest speaker but hopefully next week the week afterwards in um, November we'll be starting a series on Jesus in the book of Luke and we'll be studying the different types of people that Jesus loves Jesus loves you know the the sinner Jesus loves the poor Jesus loves the intellectual Jesus loves the hopeless all these different people in the Luke that Jesus loves and reach out to. And so we're gonna be studying those things. It's gonna be an encouragement to us and a challenge to us, but it's also going to be an opportunity for our non-Christian friends, for those among our friends, people that we know, who are lost, who are hurting, uh, to be able to come and to hear about Jesus. So please continue praying about that, get ready for that. And like I said again, in, in, in Life Bible class, we're gonna be doing our evangelism class starting in November. That's that's at 9.30, and so please do come. A lot of different ways in terms of sharing the gospel. Now, so again, we've looked at, sorry, a lot of things going on. We looked at the inward, we looked at the outward, finally we'll look at the upward, and that is the area of tending to the spirit. In verse uh, 19, or verse 19, it says, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil, and may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now he talks about quenching the spirit, and the idea of quenching the spirit, first of all, what this tells us, it's put in a negative form. And what that means is, we don't have to create this fire. Like, we already have the fire of the Spirit in us. It's really a matter of God just saying, you've got this fire in you, just don't quench it, like this person's doing, right? Pouring, this is literally like, don't pour water on a fire that's just getting started. It's like you're trying to start a fire, and then somebody comes and pours a bucket of water, and you're like, oh man, this could have been a really nice fire, but you came and poured a bucket on it. And that's kind of what we want to look at as like our spiritual lives, that God is is wanting to start this fire in our lives through his spirit. I mean, that's in our hearts. And we don't wanna do anything that quenches that, that stops that. Um, God talks about the idea, Paul talks about the idea that God's going to sanctify us completely. He's gonna make, he's going to make us the people that he wants us to be. He's going to be faithful to do the things, to accomplish the mission that he's called us to do. He doesn't set us up for failure. Uh, he sets us up to see his glory in the things that we do. And we're going to see that this year as we boldly, by faith, commit these things to him. And so again, here we go again. Remember these things. We're going to be seeing them again. Be praying about it because um, this is what we're going to be looking at. And I believe by August, we are going to have a lot of testimonies. And we pray that we'll see people come to know Jesus Christ as Savior, that we'll see people worshiping here that not only weren't worshiping here before, but worshiping here that weren't Christians before. And that we'll see them and they'll be worshiping with us 
and they'll be praising Jesus, and they'll be asking God to fill their lives, and they'll be desiring to reach out to people for Jesus Christ, that we want to believe that that's what God is going to do in Living Hope this year. And we're going to do it together. We're going to commit together. So at this time, as we prepare for prayer, as you notice, there's a lot of prayer boards around. Um, and what I want us to do in the next 10 minutes is to gather into groups around these prayer boards, take a little bit of time to read it, but spend time just really praying, praying for these different um, people groups. And also praying that for us as, as, as a church family together, that, that God's going to use us as well in our community for Jesus Christ. So let's go ahead at this time, let's stand up and just pick a, pick a board, grab you know, a bunch of people, you can move the chairs in a little bit, and let's gather around each board, maybe you know, six or seven people around each board.